Hello and welcome to the Produce Retail Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Nickel, and I am delighted to be joined today by a special guest on two topics that we have never really gone in depth on before on this podcast, lighting and refrigeration in the produce department. And we have an expert on both areas today with our guest, Jack Shogren. Jack is a design center specialist for Hill Phoenix. So he works with grocery retailers to make their vision for a new new produce department into reality, make those departments both aesthetically awesome and then optimize for revenue and profit as well. Jack, thank you so much for joining us today and welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Ashley. It's nice to be here. Absolutely. And you mentioned when we spoke earlier that you've been in refrigeration for more than 25 years and lighting was something that was developed as kind of an adjacent specialty because of how refrigerated cases and lighting really work together and kind of influence each other. How would you describe them for for the novices on this subject, kind of the relationship between those two? Well, uh, refrigerated cases typically always have lighting inside of them. And so as we're in, into departments and as we start doing our technology for lighting, um, they have to play a, a balance together because the ambient lighting inside the store affects how the light looks inside the case because it, it all goes by contrast. And so it's kind of just like if you're driving down the street during the day and you look inside of a house, you have a hard time seeing inside the house. At night, the contrast shifts, you see inside the house. So we would get customers that would say, can you increase the amount of light inside my display cases? But really what they needed was to lower the contrast outside the display cases. So we get involved a little bit like that. And we also get involved on product integrity because sometimes light doesn't always do something good for a product and you'll have some product degradation. And so they assume that it's a refrigeration problem. So they call us up and say, can you help us out with our refrigeration? And it would be something else. So that's, kind of how we got into it a little bit. And it just, we're all about making merchandisers and merchandising appeal and lighting has to work hand in hand with the refrigeration to do that. Awesome. And when folks bring you guys in for a project, is it usually more focused on the refrigeration or or the lighting? What what, what kind of comes first in that equation for, for folks? Uh, typically they contact us as a company for um, refrigeration. And then a salesperson would contact us in the design center to come work with the customer if there was lighting opportunities there. And since we've had our design center up and people see our website, they see that we do lighting and we do lighting a little bit different than a typical lighting designer does because a lot of lighting designers just light up a grocery store. And what we do is we light up the department and the product. So we try to work with those contrast ratios and we put, we focus, we know what's going on inside the case so we can better decide what to go on outside the case to make them complement each other. It's kind of like working on a high performance engine. You need all parts to work together. And that's what we try to do on the lighting package. Excellent. And between lighting and refrigeration, again, I, I know you said, you know, most folks kind of refrigeration is maybe the initial priority. What's the, what's the bigger investment? Cause I bet, I guess both refrigeration and lighting, you, you, you have some some infrastructure, you've got connectivity, you know, you have some of these different components. What's kind of the bigger investment between the two of those for, for your average grocery store? Well, it depends on if it's going to be a new store or it's going to be a remodel. So we work on both. And there's usually more remodels going on than new stores in a typical year. So if it's a if it's a remodel, well, always the refrigeration package is going to be more expensive than a lighting package because you've got refrigerated cases uh, involved in it. Um, you've got the the labor to run 
refrigeration line. Sometimes you have refrigerant change outs. Sometimes you have equipment change outs that have to run the refrigeration or lighting. Basically you're, re you're replacing light fixtures and you've got some electrical labor to do that. So typically that's gonna be less money than refrigeration package. Gotcha. And uh, again, I, I think these are such fun topics because they're they're very much, you know, infrastructure, the things that are there in the background and, and people may not think about, you know, your average shopper, I'm sure doesn't maybe actively think about them, but they play such a huge role in, in the shopper experience. What are some of the trends you've seen as folks come to you guys about, like you said, both remodels and new stores um, as far as refrigeration and what some of the priorities are there? Yeah, so if, if we've done our, our job right, both on the refrigeration side and on, on the lighting side, um, hopefully a customer doesn't notice at all because they're noticing the product as they walk in the store. So that's what we're trying to do is get them to focus on the product and not the environment around them and just feel comfortable in the environment around them. So I'd say what we've seen mostly in the last, uh, well, probably five years especially, is flexibility within the department. So customers will say they want departments flexible, but a lot of departments aren't designed for flexibility. In the produce, the produce you can design for flexibility and it works very well. And the other neat thing about produce is it's one of the first departments customers see a lot of times when they walk in the store. So it's your first impression as you walk into the store. So what we try to do is make it so the, the first impression is wow, it looks very fresh, it looks very clean. And so in a produce department, we have what we call perimeter cases, which are the refrigerated cases that have all the, the greens and stuff inside of them. And then you have more of your dry displays. And so your dry displays would be like the produce tables or the produce um, bins that you see inside the stores. And so in the old days, it used to be great big long tables that you would see. Now you see a lot more modular displays going inside stores and it allows for seasonal flexibility. And that little seasonal flexibility is sort of like a little remodel that's going on inside the store and it adds interest. And then the other thing within produce that I love myself is just the colors that you have to work with. It's just such a palette compared to the rest of the store. You have some reds, you have some greens and some yellows. So it's very striking. So what we try to do is just create that wow factor as you, as you walk into the department and it sets the tone for the whole store really. And I'm curious when you mention more flexible departments uh, that that really you know allow easier you know kind of seasonal seasonal um, resets and that sort of thing. What does that require? You know, is that I'm sure it's not as simple as you know cases that that are mobile, right? Um, but what are some of the other things that kind of enable that flexibility? Well, um, a lot of the uh, cases that are going to get moved around are going to be non-refrigerated cases, so you don't have any utilities going to them. So that helps out tremendously. Uh, you don't want to have to have hard piping going to the cases. So you want to do like what we call remote where the compressor is somewhere else and you have the lines in the center because then you're locked in there. You've got to have a floor sink that's part of it. You've got to have the refrigeration lines as part of it. So it lends itself more to small self-contained cases. And one of the things that we've seen come on in the last um, couple of years, probably two to four years, is meal kits. So you saw meal kits pop up in other parts of the store. Well, everybody's trying to save labor and everybody's trying to cut down on waste. And so you see, now you see cut up meal kits in the produce area. So maybe you don't have your meat protein, but you have cut up asparagus, you have it mixed with other vegetables. You have some steam sacks that are inside there. So all of those make for nice little mobile display opportunities. And then COVID 
kind of push some of that further ahead again. And now people have gotten used to the convenience. So I think it's here to stay. Plus, if you're single or you only have one other person in the household, those small little produce buys sometimes cut down on the waste as well. Gotcha. And uh, as far as kind of trends in in produce and, and how those influence refrigeration, I'm thinking about just the growth of things like berries over the last, you know, five, 10 years. How has, you know, refrigerated space or, um, you know, merchandising space that needs to be refrigerated, how much has that changed in recent years? Um, well, it's gotten more vertical. So as Americans, we always like more. And that's the way the refrigerated cases have gone too. So if you were to look at refrigerated cases back, say, 10 years ago, you'll see two or three levels maybe inside of them. And now we've gone much higher with them. So instead of a case that's 72 inches high, now we're going to be talking about a case that's maybe 85 inches high. And with it becomes more and more levels of product. So if you think about when you walk into a produce department now, you see a lot more vertical merchandising because everybody's trying to get as much out of that square foot of space that you're taking up as possible with the most amount of SKUs that you can offer. So we've seen a lot more um, vertical uh, merchandising. And then we've seen other accessories such as the radius displays. We've seen changes in packaging. So now you see a lot more packaged produce than we've seen in the past. So I'd say those are probably some of the biggest influencers right now that that we've seen inside the department. And how about the growth of fresh cut, whether that's, you know, um, you know, the value added packages coming in from suppliers or whether it's, um, you know, the the work being being done and, and things cut fresh there in store. Um, it's grown quite a bit. So you mentioned berries earlier. So fresh cuts going to go right next to berries. So, uh, yeah, you see a lot of the different um, mushroom packages. Now you see pineapple, all the fresh fruit. And you see the um, produce butchers in some of the stores that offer the service or they just um, cut it up and then prepackage it inside the cases. So, yeah, that's that's changed some of the case styles that we use, too. So we have the the more vertical open display cases and then we have some now that go behind doors and then that brings other accessories along with it. So we now we have pushers that automatically face the product. And with people being short on labor, that's a labor savings that you can put inside the department as well. Uh, merchandise is very nice. And uh, it allows the customers as well to see the face of the product versus the tops of the products a lot of times like in the past. And berries that you mentioned is very important for refrigeration. So a lot of times you see berries on tables, but berries have a very um, low shelf life to them. And if you put them behind uh cases that you can run them down, actually pretty cool. You run berries down to about 34, 35 degrees, you'll get a lot more life out of them. And the customer will get a lot more life once they leave the store and stick it in the refrigerator. Yeah, that's always been my understanding is you better be moving them pretty darn fast if you're not going to have them on refrigeration. (laughs) Yeah, especially raspberries, very Mm -hmm. sensitive. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned doors. Uh, Pros and cons of of doors on, Mm -hmm. on the cases in the produce department. Well, I'd say the for me, the biggest pro that you have by putting a door on a case is if you think about walking in a grocery store today versus five years ago or 10 years ago, it's much warmer inside the store. And it's warmer inside the store because there's doors on many of those cases. So you don't have the cold air spilling out of the cases. And so if it's warmer, it's more comfortable and you're going to stay there longer. And the longer the dwell time usually leads to the bigger the basket size inside the store. 
So for a retailer, I think doors are very good because it makes the shopper experience more comfortable. Um, the reason why things have gone to doors now where they didn't in the past is there's something called a bifold door where it's two small doors with a lot smaller frame associated with it. So it's more comfortable for a shopper to open versus the old days where it was a single door and it was a heavy aluminum blind door that you're opening. So um, that's, that's big for going on the cases. There's also up to a 70% energy savings by putting that door on the case. So from a sustainability play, it's very good for the cases as well. Um, customers have a perception that when something's behind a door, it's fresher and it's colder. Sometimes that's true, sometimes it's not, but it is kind of a perception. And why I say sometimes it's true is you could have heater vents, air conditioning vents. Every time a customer walks by, they disrupt the refrigerated air current inside of a case. When you put the door on it, you've stopped all that. So it, that's why you save the energy. That's why you could have better product integrity by doing that. Now, have you found that that that's um, that that's a persuasive set of benefits for for most retailers, or do you still have folks who are like, oh, it just seems like one more thing to make somebody do in order to get the product in the cart? Um, I would say that we in the old days we would have customers that would say, well, I like doors, but they're a barrier to um, sales. Nowadays, we don't have that that same problem. Um, Customers know that they usually sell more product for the most part out of doors. Um, and then uh, the, there are some cons that come along with the doors. So some of the cons would be if you have the leafy uh, grains, like say iceberg lettuce, items like that, and you put those behind doors, well, now you're gonna have water that goes behind the doors. So you're gonna have glass that you're gonna have to clean where you don't have that on the open cases. You also use slanted shelves. Um, many times they go inside the produce cases like that. And if you have slanted shelves, uh, that's harder to light up with the vertical lights that go on the doors. So doors like vertical packaging, and that's why you see them in dairy, you see them in deli, um, you see them in frozen food, because they work very well for that. Produce, they, they work well for the salads, they, look, they work well for the pushers, anything that's gonna be vertical, but the, the bulk produce is probably one of the last things that's gonna go behind doors. I gotcha. And it, it's interesting when you mentioned the the shopper experiencing just kind of the temperature walking through the store, because it it makes me think of the first time I ever went to the, the produce section in a club store where you're literally walking into the cooler. And it was one of those things where I'm like, gosh, I'm curious what's in here, but I'm freezing. So I'm going to get whatever thing I came in for and get out as fast as possible. And yeah, obviously, you kind of like pick you your said, path before you even walk in. You, you look, okay, how can I get out of here quickly? It, exactly. Yeah, that's like the opposite of what you would want for, as you mentioned, dwell time, which is so important for getting some of those impulse purchases and incremental purchases. Yeah, and unfortunately, it migrates into other departments. So even when they've walked out of a department that's cold, it's still migrating into another department. So if you have a cafe nearby or, um, you know, even dry areas, it, it can make the store fairly cold. And then you're trying to do something with that cold air. So then you're running a heater or, or something to try to get that cold air out of the aisles as well. And when folks are looking at um, looking at investing in, in refrigeration equipment, what's what's kind of the the life of equipment in I, I'm curious about, you know, how long things typically last versus how quick do we see trends change where you need to see things, you know, switch out maybe or get, get the latest model or things like that. What's kind of the timeline look like? 
I'd say kind of the average timeline that we see equipment stay in a store is probably seven years. And, and it's not because the equipment wears out, but by that time, trends have changed. Your competition's done something inside the store. So it's time to do something a little bit different. So um, I won't say that all equipment will be like that, but I'd say seven to 10 years is probably a good life expectancy before you have a change. And how do retailers look at, how do they look to calculate ROI when they look at making those changes? Like you said, especially when it's like, well, this this still is functional, but, you know, maybe we need to compete with Store X across the street or, you know, other reasons why they're replacing things. Mm-hmm. I'd say they, they look at, first, it's going to be equipment costs. So what's it going to cost them to change it out? Uh, they'll look at the existing shape of their equipment if they think that they're losing sales or how that's doing for the um, store image, uh, how much it costs to refurbish that equipment if they're interested in refurbishing it. And then they'll look at energy. So if we're going to do a remodel, they'll look at a comparison case that's there and they'll say, can you provide us an energy comparison between these two cases? So we'll run an energy analysis and say, okay, this case costs you this much to run. This case will cost this much to run. Here's the cubic foot capacity and here's the square foot of merchandising that you're going to get out of each and give them that comparison. And um, sometimes there's rebates available. So they'll look for rebates to try to factor in. And then from there, they usually try to figure out what their sales are and what that's going to do to their sales and figure their ROI from there. So a lot of times we don't we don't get into the sales numbers as much because uh, then it starts looking like we're doing a sales pitch. So they like to work their own sales numbers. <laughs> gotcha. That makes sense, right? Is that have their own people provide those, uh, those calculations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> gotcha. And then if we switch over to lighting again, one of these things that as, as you put it, the, the shopper will never notice if this is done well, because they'll just be staring at how beautiful the, the fruits and vegetables look how would you describe kind of how lighting influences that that shopper experience? Um, lighting is uh, actually lighting is very fun for the shopper experience because people will they're kind of like moths. They go to light whether they want it or not. So they see something bright. They see something with contrast. They're going to naturally go there. Um, so. Right when you walk in a store, that's why I like to light up some of the front displays. A lot of times those are left alone. And so you come in and if you have a a display without the light on it, right away it says, I'm not as fresh as some of this other stuff that's lit up. So that's why I think um, having flexible displays, flexible lighting patterns helps because you can can hit the customer as soon as they walk in with that fresh wow factor. and then, then it goes by light quality and what you're doing with the light and how you're focusing the light. And uh, if you do it right, it's it's an art because um, you want to try to make sure the customers don't notice it. It doesn't hit them in the eyes. It's on the product. And you use secondary light at times to help fill in the aisles. But that way you keep the contrast, you keep the wow. And, uh, you know, we get asked, you asked me about ROI on refrigeration equipment. And we'll get asked for the same thing on lighting. And lighting is a very tough one to do because a lot of times if you have a poorly lit store, the only thing you're going to do is increase the energy to light it up because you really want to balance it out. So it's not that you're using inefficient lighting to do it. It's that if you have nothing and you put something there, there's it's an add-on. And so um, most of the lights that we see nowadays inside grocery stores are LEDs. 
but there's a big difference between the lights. Um, just because it's an LED doesn't mean it's a good light. You have to use the right fixture with the right color properties and color saturation. And the two colors that come big into a supermarket where you don't see them in typical retail stores is red and blue. So we wanna make sure that we bring out reds and blues. And if you bring out the reds and blues and you have other good color properties throughout that light, excuse me, um, you'll have vibrant colors. So you want your saturated colors and you can get by with actually less light. So if you're bringing out the colors, you don't need as much light as if you have muted colors. Now, Does that make sense? Yeah, now, and I'm sure I, this probably gets technical fast. So if I'm out of my depth, just just excuse me and, and I'll just keep asking questions yeah. until I understand. The red light and the blue light, why for a produce department versus a, you know, a, other kinds of retail? What, what, what does that do and, and how does that interaction go with, uh, with the produce? Well, if you think of the reds, you're going to have, um, say, your bell peppers. You have all your tomatoes. You have all your um, apples. If you get into the deli, even you have, you know, pasta salads and stuff. So I always say if you can make pasta salad look good, you can make most stuff inside the grocery store look good. But produce has such a wide range of colors and beautiful colors that you can bring out. And so if you look at the, the nice navel oranges, when that orange is just popping, um, there's nothing to me that looks better. And so if you have a light source that doesn't bring out the saturated colors, well, it's not designed to bring out a red and it's not designed to bring out a blue. And then you can go to your color wheel and start mixing colors. But ideally what you want to try to do is on the dry produce, which typically is the apples, the, the limes, the lemons, the oranges, um, you want to have a war warmer color temperature on your lights. So what we call a 3000 Kelvin. So it's more of a yellow hue, even though it won't look yellow unless you really look up at some of the bulbs. And if you go with higher CRI, which is color rendition index, which means more natural colors, you won't see that as much, but you want, you want that to be nice warm colors. Now when you get over to the wet produce, you want a little bit cooler color. So it'd be like a 3,500 Kelvin or 4,000. And that brings out your whites and your greens because if you're looking at a green onion or you're looking at iceberg lettuce, you want there to be a good separation between white and green there. And you don't want to bring any yellow there. So I use actually two different color temperatures, even for dry produce and wet produce, hide the light sources. And if you do that, you can add interest throughout the department too. It actually is a department kind of separator without having a separator there. And it plays with a customers mind a little bit because they don't really know why they like it. They just know they like it, but there's nothing wrong. And you're not doing trickery by doing it. You're just taking advantage of the colors that you have inside the department. Like my mom always told me about makeup. It's just enhancing what's already there. Exactly. You have, <laughs> you have blue color tones and you have yellow color tones. And so you pick the makeup that, that accentuates it correctly on that particular person. That's right. Now that is is fascinating, and I'm sure a level of of science behind that. That I I'm just really curious when you have conversations with with your customers on these kind of things for the first time, and kind of explain like this is this is why we you know recommend this versus that. This is how we would tailor this for this part of the department versus that part of the department. I'm I'm really curious, kind of the the response you get because I would imagine. I mean, who who knows about the the behind the scenes of how this works other than than you guys specializing in it? I, I just I think my my gosh, there's this whole opportunity to really optimize things where I would guess most most folks maybe don't don't realize that. Yeah. Um, so part of the problem that happened in retail is who who selects the lighting. 
So sometimes lighting is selected by a general contractor or sometimes it's selected by an energy department inside the store. And when they do that, they're going to look at something that is, uh, well, if it's general contractor, it's going to look for something that's low cost. It's going to look for general lighting. And if it's an energy department, they're going to look for something that what's called efficacy. It's lumens um, watts ratio. And uh, so it's how efficient a fixture is. But it may not bring out all the color that you want in the department. And you don't have much of a trade-off to change that around. And so um, you can look at specs on lights, but you can also see in as believing. So I'll bring sample lights out and show a customer what things look like. And it's nice to see their face because they're like, wow, I didn't even know I had these colors inside, <laughs> inside the store. And it changes everything. I mean, it changes the merchandise. It changes your decor that's on the walls. It changes what your floors look like. It brings out all the wood tones and um, all the natural colors that are inside there. So it's really important that you use a good quality light source and that the light is designed for what you're doing. Because some customers will see a light that they like and they go, oh, that's a really nice looking fixture. I want to put it in there. But it has to have the optics to drive the light down to what you want it to light up and do it effectively. And you mentioned earlier, too, the the interaction between the lights that you have around the department and then the lights in in the cases and the refrigerated cases, too, because because they'll um, they'll they'll interact with each other. Right. Well, what are some of those dynamics that that folks kind of need to to keep in mind or, or let you guys keep in mind uh, as they go through some of these projects? Um, I always I use the term set a light up for success and not failure. So if you think of a light kind of as a rubber ball that you're going to bounce that's that's the direction the light's going to go. So if it's up at the fixture, and, and I, I use that analogy a lot of times for glare because glare will bounce off that same way. But um, if, it's a, if it's a high vertical case and there's going to be a lot of shelves inside of it, then what I try to do is I use canopy lights inside the case and I'll try to hit it with some outside light from, from outside the case. And the reason why I do that is where I want a customer to look is the face of the shelf. If you were to use shelf lights inside that case, you're lighting the top of the product and then you're putting the product very close to that. And so you, I would actually drop the light level down by more than 10 times what's inside the case. But if you looked at it, you would think I gave you three times the amount of light because I've cut out the glare and I've put the light right where your eye is. And so if, you're, if you don't want customers to look at the top of the product, which most of the time you don't, you want them to look at the front of the product, um, their eyes going to adjust to that bright light source and it's going to make everything else look much darker. So that's where the combination approach is very important. And then you can use secondary light. So if it hits the product, just like that rubber ball, it's going to come back off the product. So your secondary light fills in the aisle. So you want an even pattern, but you want the contrast inside the case. And when the contrast is inside the case, a shopper is naturally going to look inside the case. Very cool. Hope that and, makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I know you mentioned too the the placement of light and and thinking about that because you know sometimes you get sometimes you get heat with the lights too. So you want to make sure that that's you know the proper proper distance away from the actual product as well. Yeah, that's that's a great point that you bring up, Ashley. So when you um, put the light on the outside of the case, you get you get two advantages. One, you have no heat that's going, well, you have, I'm not gonna say no heat. Anything draws power has some heat. You have very little heat that's going inside the case. You, the, the light rays themselves are much further away from the product. So you're gonna have less product degradation inside there. 
you're going to cut down your maintenance costs because now you don't have electrical that's going to all those shelves that you have water all around. Um, and from a merchandising standpoint, if you move product inside there, you're going to affect the light level very little. Where if you have a light source that's very close to the product, one product being removed and another product um, going back in makes a huge difference on the amount of light. So you can really create the balance um, by doing a dual approach. Now, I've I've seen actually before as as folks get set up for for a grand opening of a department and they've got the scissor lift lift out there and they're adjusting the lights, you know, to to again make things make things pop, you know, draw the eye on the displays and things like that. What's the process? Because I know a lot of folks, of course, will do sort of their seasonal resets. Um, does it matter as far as, you know, we're in spring, so I've got berries up front versus, you know, in, in the winter, I've got citrus up front. How, how much do, do, does lighting like this need to be adjusted based on kind of what's going on seasonally in the department? Um, it depends on the, the light that you chose. So if you do general lighting, you're not going to have to adjust it, but you're never going to get anything. That's the big wow factor because it's, you're lighting everything. Um, if you do focus lights or track lights, then there are some adjustments that you should do. And that's where the layout inside the department becomes very important because you want to lay out the department so you have that flexibility built in. So sometimes you'll go out to a store and they have a square produce stand that's in the center of the department, say, and you'll see the lights completely surround that square produce stand. Well, if anything changes in that, your lights are off. So what I like to do is I like to run some linear track um, down the department and I'll do a certain spacing on it where it allows the lights to go back and forth. So no matter what happens with those tables or the displays, you can adjust the lighting accordingly. So as far as iterations, when you'd want to do that, if you do big resets or a seasonal change, you would want to look at your, your lights again to make sure that they're adjusted correctly. Um, and you want your lights not to be very far away from the stand. So you want them to really be as close to the products as possible without casting a shadow. So if you do that, then when a customer walks by, it's not going to hit them in the eye and it's going to be much more comfortable to shop. And the worst thing you can ever, you can ever do, in my opinion, is try to save cost and cut down the amount of track that you use and try to do something coming home more from a horizontal direction because it's very annoying to a customer. If you walk into a, a beam, it's like a headlight at night coming towards your car. It's not a comfortable feeling. <laughs> So you don't want to do that. Yeah, de definitely not. Definitely not. We've all been at the uh, the over assertive event where they've got the spotlights, you know, flying around. And the worst thing is to have that pointed at you and be like, I'm indoors and I'm shielding my face, you know. <laughs> yes. And and then also when I talked fixture selection earlier, that goes into fi fixture selection, too, because you want your LED light source to be up in the fixture a little bit. So it's not on right on the surface. Um, and then the one. Um, I think I mentioned it before, but skylights is really bad for that too, because skylights, a lot of times you're looking at that light source that's up there and um, you have two different stores when you use skylights because you have your store during the day and you have your store at night. And if you look at a store at night, it's almost always more impressive than a store during the day when skylights are used. Well, it will be. There's no, no question about it because it's, it's a better light to have the artificial light inside the store. Well, and I'm glad you mentioned that because I think that's something that, you know, intuitively somebody who doesn't know about lighting would think, oh, you know, natural light, that's so nice. 
But as you mentioned, most stores don't close at, you know, five o'clock or six o'clock or whatever. You've got the the evening in there as well. What, how, how do you account, especially like if you're going in for a remodel or something where maybe they've got the skylights in there and they're not, that's not necessarily going away. Um, how do you account for when you, you've got an existing building that does have a lot of that natural light? Um, well, you would have to do it with filtering it somehow. Um, and if it's a new store, you try to keep the skylights over your general merchandise, keep it off the perimeter. And uh, you want your skylights to kind of create a more of a light shelf too, if you can. And what that does is it, it brings in the natural light, but it's an indirect natural light. So if you look at some of the airports, like Denver Airport's one of them, and you're on the, on the um, people mover there, you'll notice there's a lot of light in the area, but you never see the sunlight come in because sunlight, direct sunlight coming in the store, there's nothing worse that you can do because it, one, it's going to be very uncomfortable for customers. You're going to have all this radiant heat that comes into the display cases. So you have temperature problems. You're going to have UV that's going to turn your product. And so you want to make sure that you have filtered light whenever it enters the store. And then from a um, skylight standpoint, if you just, uh, build them up on platforms versus having them um, close to the roof. I mean, everyone, everyone's going to have a platform as terms of snow or water, but the higher you can build them up to bring it in. So it's more of an indirect light, the more comfortable be on a shopper. Gotcha. And I'm wondering about, you know, trends with, with lighting too. For, first of all, how much more um, aware are our folks that, that you guys see of the difference that lighting can make? Is that something that, you know, they ask about proactively now more than, than in years past, or is it still something that is kind of, you know, growing in, uh, in widespread consciousness? Um, I'd say people are much more aware of lighting now than they used to be. Um, in the old days when just fluorescent lights were there, there wasn't that much of a difference, but then people started putting the LEDs in and you would see all the individual diodes and people saw how annoying lights could be, or maybe they replaced their, their TAs with just a drop in LED. Um, so they've seen some of the negative effects of light. And so they see that um, some other stores are beautiful and they wonder why those stores are so beautiful. And it's the, it's the light choices that they made. And one of the areas that you can see it very easily is if you go into the airport and you look at some of the concessions inside the airport, the stores inside there, you'll see that a lot of them have really taken, um, taken into account doing good lighting. And so those products will look very fresh that are inside those stores. And by making the products look fresh they are more fresh too because a lot of times you're getting more sales so you're getting the turns so you are actually getting fresher product the product's lasting longer when a customer gets at home and if by using the right light um, there's product benefits to even nutrients change so oh wow that's fascinating well it sounds like there's been you know some pretty significant change in in recent years what changes do you think are, are on the horizon? What are people going to be looking for in, in the next five years as far as how to optimize some of these things? Well, I think we're going to see packaged produce growing in the next five years. So I would, I would foresee that we see more produce in packages. We'll probably see more doors expanding within the produce department. Um, I think the modularity is here for, for quite a while. Um, flexibility. Uh, I'd say... Um, that some of the uh, sustainability items will probably grow. We see some coatings now that are getting put on produce to lower um, the spoilage rate. So you see it on avocados, you see it on some of the citruses. 
I would expect to see that, that stuff expand more, especially as customers start, shoppers start understanding it a little bit more. Um, now people, you know, one of the detriments with light people have seen for years of potatoes. If you have too much light on your potatoes, you see your potatoes turn green and it changes the flavor of them. Well, now you start to see potatoes going in bags as well. So they're finally moving away from open potatoes and some of the clear bags to try to extend the life on them. So I think we'll see more of that to, to come in the future. Uh, as far as light quality, I think it'll keep on getting better. Um, LEDs, the, the longer they're out, the more technology goes into them, the more efficient they become. The color quality seems to be going up on them. And uh, the only thing that could shift that a little bit is maybe some energy regulations on how much you can use within a store. But for right now, I, I would foresee that coming in the future. And of course, when when you guys do projects, you're looking at the the refrigeration needs, you're looking at the lighting needs, and but kind of the the overall big picture for the department also. What are some recommendations that you have for folks as as they think about these projects, whether they're a little smaller scale for remodels or whether they're really starting from scratch on just different things to keep in mind that that maybe the average person you know doesn't immediately think about. Um. I would say you, what you want to keep in mind is uh, flexibility because you know you're going to make some changes later on. So how, how flexible is it? Um, realistically, when you're going to make changes, because sometimes people want to do a light pattern. They'll say, well, if I do a remodel in 15 years, I don't want to change it. Well, in 15 years, if you do a remodel, you're changing all your lights anyways. So be realistic with your expectations. Um, account for all items in the store because everything has to play together. So you want, you know, you're going to have some signage that's going to go up on the wall and decor. The more you can bring all those items in when you're doing the overall plan, the more successful you're going to be because you want to make sure that you, you bring out those colors that are going to be on the wall. You're using things that accentuate those colors and that all elements are figured in there. And if you can figure in all elements, then, uh, for instance, glass, when you have um, cases that have glass, you get reflections off of them. Not so much on the doors, but more on the service cases like you see in bakery and deli. So you want to try to cut down your reflections that you have in there too. So sometimes you can do that with signage. Sometimes it's fixture selection. But the more you can cut that down, the, more, the less light you have to use inside of them. And it's amazing how much less you can use inside versus it appearing like you use more. So I've had customers that added lights inside their store and they say, how do I get more lights? And I say, turn those lights off. And they'll say, why would I turn lights off? And because you're going to cut down the reflections that's over here and it's going to give you the appearance of more light. And they're like, I can't believe it did them. <laughs> <laughs> that is but I think, yeah, figuring all elements in the store. That makes sense. Well, in, in one more time, I, I know we talked a little bit about the, the flexibility of, of the produce department in particular earlier on. What could, what should folks keep in mind from a design perspective on, I'm just thinking about, again, as, as we think about more packaged produce, more fresh cut, more items like berries that really need to be on refrigeration most of the time, how do you build in just sort of the, the energy infrastructure for the department to give you as much flexibility there as possible, knowing that, you know, you, you got to have places to to get get power to to different cases or you know trying to build in um expecting growth in those areas i guess if that makes sense yeah yeah it does uh, it makes a lot of sense 
Um, so there's a couple different ways you can do it. So there's um, electrical distribution centers that you can um, put inside the department. So you have some some plugs up in the ceiling that if you move things around that you can run cords up to and, and get some um, power down to them. From a refrigeration standpoint, if everything is remote refrigeration where you have a big system that's running the entire department, you're probably going to have capacity for some of those remodels. Um, those can handle some extra loads on them. Um, you're going to have a lot of modular cases and modular cases are going to be more just electrical. Um, if, if you're trying to create flexibility within the department. So really there, you just want to make sure you have access to electrical for the most part. And when I say electrical, it's going to be electrical that can handle a little bit more of a load than just, you know, lights or a demo table that you're going to put inside there. Um, again, in produce, one of, the, one of the things that's nice with mobile cases is because they are on wheels, you can wheel them around. So on the weekends or in your busy times, if you want to do demos for some new um, produce that's inside the department, you can wheel that over, put a table behind it or flip up a wrapping board if you want to put behind it and hand out samples to customers and you're there to answer any questions. Um, the, the other thing I think that will happen, especially with uh, as TV screens get less and less expensive, is education within the, the produce department. So there's some great things you can do with education, especially let's say on melons, where people, there's so many different types of melons. A lot of people haven't tried a lot of those different ones, but cutting up some of those, giving them some samples, showing them how to pick a ripe melon. And it doesn't take too many bad ones till people get scared of them. So um, I think that's a great thing when um, produce personnel are around um, stocking cases to look around at customers and what they're picking and see if they need any help um, picking them out, help them pick out some ripe, ripe items, even cut them a sample if you want. Well, and that makes me think too, Jack, of your point on, you know, when, when you're thinking about the the remodel or the new store overall, um, trying to envision all the different things that will be in there, even from a technology perspective, because as you mentioned, whether it's TV screens, there's another screen, there's more light, there's more, you know, reflection possibility, right, to take into account. Yeah. Um, and even some of the things I know we've we've heard about the, um, you know, the shelf edge technology. I, I don't know that that's, you know, in super wide use and particularly in, in the fresh departments to this point. Um, but, you know, you think about th some of those things um, and, you know, electricity for those and, and some of those things factor in, in longer term as well, just uh, another piece of the puzzle, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. We haven't seen a whole lot of that yet inside the refrigerated cases, mostly electronic shelf tags we see pop up inside there, but um yeah, there's no reason in the future as things become less expensive to do technology like that and more efficient that we won't see them pop up. Um, they probably can run off of a lot of the LED um, power supplies. So that'll be, that'll be a good thing. Or they'll have their own batteries if they're low enough in uh, consumption. But yeah, we, we're, we live in exciting times right now. There's a <laughs> lot of changes going on and a lot of it for the good. That's right. Awesome. Well, Jack, anything that we're missing or anything else that you want to add before we wrap it up? Um, no, I would just say that uh, you just want to try to create a balanced approach and think of customers right when they walk in the department and what's the first thing that they see. Um, there is actually one technology that we use too. It's called the visual attention analysis, and it tells you with over a 90% accuracy rate where a customer is going to look in the first three to five seconds when they walk into a department. 
So um, if somebody wanted us to run that form, they could send me a picture and I would be happy to do that too. And it's, it's kind of funny what customers look at. <laughs> they look at things a lot of times you wouldn't think they are. That's okay. Okay. You have to tell me more about, more about that and how that works. I, I'm just fascinated now. Well, it, it works on um, contrast and light intensity and by colors. And so if you look at a lot of the fast food restaurants, they have certain color schemes associated with them. You see a lot of the yellows, you see a lot of the, the um, reds. It's not by accident. So there's science that goes behind that. And this, this technology was um, uh, designed for street signs. So people would see street signs. And the other thing that you look at whether you want it or not really is life safety too. So if there's something you're going to trip on, typically you're going to, you're going to see that down there, but um, it's just one view. It's not for the whole department, but if you take a photo within two or three minutes, it kicks back out and it tells you, this is what people are going to look at. And it'll go off reflections and, uh, but it's usually, it's usually light intensity and contrast and it's got a pretty high accuracy rate. That is wild. And what great information to have, because, you know, if, if it's the the front of a display case or something not particularly impactful, you're like, okay, how do I adjust that? So I make them look at something that they can actually buy. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, we've had it where the, the number one thing was somebody put shelf tags stuck onto an end panel for a storage area. And that was the first thing a customer looked at when I went, went into the store. Oh no. <laughs> skylights. They look at skylights. You don't want them looking at skylights, but they look at skylights because they're bright. Well, and it makes sense because like you said, the the light and certain colors and your eyes just go to it, right? It's not even a conscious decision. Yeah, like red cars. They say, don't buy a red car if you don't want to get pulled over by the police. Because it's, <laughs> it's high contrast. They're going to see it. That's right. Awesome. Well, Jack, thank you so much for taking the time to to join me here today. I feel like I have learned a ton and I'm sure our listeners have as well. So we really, really appreciate you taking the time. Well, thank you for having me today. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Jack. And we'll thank all our listeners as well. And we will see everybody next week on the Produce Retail Podcast.